Welcome to another Star Wars Wednesday edition of Heavy Lifting with Ravi Lula. Today we have episode 6, Revenge of the... Nope, Return <laughs> of the Jedi. Sorry. Uh, I heard sirens outside and I was like, wait, are they coming for me? And I got distracted. Um, episode 6, Return of the Jedi. That's a different thing. Um... Uh, joining me, as always, is my brother, Raj. Raj, how are you? I'm full of turkey. We're recording this the day after Thanksgiving, otherwise that reference makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> I'm actually usually pretty full of turkey, because it's a lean protein. Yeah, it's a garbage meat, though. <laughs> turkey is the worst. I, it's fine with me. I'm totally fine it's with It's terrible. It. Your wife, thankfully, made some wonderful prime rib yesterday, which... Saved me from having to experience turkey twice yesterday, which, you know, some people aren't as progressive thinking as others and still serve <laughs> turkey exclusively on Thanksgiving, even though it's a complete garbage moron bird. But <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's just not good food. I don't know what to tell you. It's gross. It's dry. It has no good flavor. I'm just, I'm out on turkey. I'm just waiting for the year we can carve one with a lightsaber. That's really... That, that's that's what every Star Wars fan hopes for, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think that was the plot of one of the episodes of How I Met Your Mother, which that show is dead to me, so we're going to move on. It's true. Uh, all right, so today on the Return of the Jedi podcast, we're going to go give you a quick synopsis, as quick as possible. There's kind of a lot in this movie. Uh, and then we are going to go over things we like, didn't like, some nitpicks, Maybe some production. I think Raj has some tidbits he wants to share on things because he looks things up and I typically don't. Uh, so yeah, that's what's coming on the show today. But first, let's do the uh, plot. Basically, we're coming directly off of the ep- the events of Empire Strikes Back where Han Solo has been taken to Jabba the Hutt by Boba Fett. And not Bogolito. I don't know what a Bogolito is. No, Bogolito. Isn't that the name in the uh, I need you to, one? You gotta talk louder. You're okay. just, you're whispering right now. Okay. I don't know what a Bogolito is. It, what Borgolit or whatever. Borgullet. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's different. It that's, sounds like Bogolito to me. Borgullet. Um, no, that's a different thing entirely. That's a weird slimy creature that can read your mind. Yeah. And scramble it. Well, yes. An unfortunate side effect of the Borgullet! Alright, so Han is at Jabba's palace, still frozen in carbonite because he makes a nice wall hanging. Uh, C-3PO and R2-D2, along with uh, basically everyone else in the movie. Princess Leia, um, Chewbacca, all go and try and rescue Han. Eventually Luke shows up, and Jabba's like, that's the last straw, we're killing you all. And uh, it, do- it doesn't work. Uh, basically, Luke has this plan in place and destroys Jabba's pleasure yacht and, <laughs> and uh, gets everybody free. The legendary Boba Fett falls into a pit and dies, so good luck for him. And sorry, I'm out on the Boba Fett truthers. I'm just, I don't, I think he's lame. I don't think he's that cool. Now, the Mandalorian. Mando's cool. Boba Fett, loser. (laughs) Anyway. 
Um, so that's how Boba Fett dies. They uh, escape the wrath of the Rancor and uh, go ahead and... That one's the Sarlacc. Oh, you're right. The Rancor is the other one where they try and feed... Uh, There's a lot of monsters going on. Yeah, there. they try and feed Luke to the Rancor before they go to the Sarlacc. Yeah. My bad. Uh, yeah, everyone escapes the wrath of the Sarlacc after Luke brutally murders that man's pet, the Rancor. Um, <laughs> it is kind of funny because it like looks like it's just like his giant dog, basically. Mm-hmm. The guy at the that's like at the gate crying. Yeah, yeah. And I was like... I mean, maybe don't rent him out to Jabba the Hutt to do his bidding. Like, maybe we don't do that. Yeah, If you also, really love this animal so much. Also, just not entirely on board with how just shirtless that guy is in that, I would just... You know, he's living his best life and I'm okay with it. <laughs> Apparently, Just yeah. like, you know, no shame in his, in his game. I think what's funny is that he's such a tender man who cries over his pet, but then... Also, just letting it all hang out there, it's, it, which is, is an extreme level of confidence for that that particular situation. He's so confident that he can be in touch with his feelings and not feel emasculated. <laughs> well, done and done. He's the wokest of the... He uh, is. He's the wokest of Jabba's uh, little clan there. But <laughs> very upset about uh, losing his pet rancor, and uh, it's understandable, I think. He's cute in a non-traditional sense. Um, <laughs> the rancor or the guy? You decide. Um, <laughs> so after they escape the Sarlacc, uh, the most of the crew goes and meets up with the Rebel Alliance while Luke returns to Dagobah to finish his training, and Yoga's dying. And Yoga? Yoda is dying. Okay. Um, and he says, no more training do you require. Uh, I think he's. I think that's a line. I don't remember. It's pretty close. Yeah. Um, Yoda confirms that Darth Vader is Luke's father, and then he, although he, he tries to punk out on it, yeah, he's like, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm tired. tired. <laughs> I gotta. Just, I'm really sleepy. Just, I'm gonna take a nap real quick, aka die, and then I'll tell you later. It's fine. Um, and so he also confirms that there is another Skywalker, which is. The first we hear of a sibling, yeah, in the in the saga. So Yoda becomes one with the Force. That's apparently what they call dying. And Force Ghost Obi Wan shows up, and they kind of have it out a little bit. Luke is like, "Why didn't you tell me?" And he confirms Luke's feelings that Leia is his sister. He also tells. Luke, that in order to become a Jedi, he must face and kill Darth Vader. Which feels super not like a Jedi thing to do. Yeah. I find that strange. Yeah. Although, my opinion on that is that we've... This is all we knew of Jedi before yes. uh, before the prequels. And so, it when we originally saw these movies, it was like, okay, I mean, you gotta get a win under your belt to be a Jedi. You know, and it's just... Uh, it seemed like the way things were, but uh, but with the prequels and more of the philosophical side of being a Jedi, uh, well, it, and the it doesn't only, really add up. The only thing I was wondering is, is are they thinking at this point that's the only way to bring balance to the Force, is to des- destroy this great evil that exists? Well, and I kind of always took it as, 
as Luke needing to face that, kind of necessarily more than killing Vader itself, but like that Luke wasn't who Luke needed to be until he faced Vader. I also kind of thought maybe Obi-Wan's just wrong. Yeah. Maybe this is like, because you see at the end, Luke doesn't kill Darth Vader. Uh He's obviously a Jedi. Yeah. And he just, he, the compassion that he shows kind of confirms the things you see philosophically in the prequels. Mm -hmm. And I think Obi-Wan is just, is he just too close to the situation? Yeah. And is like, you have to kill this guy. He's too great of an evil. I think like in order to, in order to separate Anakin and Darth Vader in his mind, Mm -hmm. he's kind of made this choice where like the person inside the suit is already gone. Mm -hmm. At this point, I feel like he's just saying like, you have to, you have to disassemble the computer. And I don't feel, maybe in his mind, he's not actually killing anyone. Yeah, well, and, and even on top of that, I think the, pretty much any time you offer an explanation and, and you say the words like, in a manner of speaking, I was telling the truth, then it's like, oh, you're probably full of garbage. And, and we all know that. So I don't know if he's full of garbage. I think, like, I honestly just think it's a coping mechanism. Because, I mean, if you look at the events of Revenge of the Sith, where not only does he find out his, like, essentially best friend becomes this evil Sith, he also then dismembers his best friend and watches him burn alive. Mm-hmm. So, Although didn't finish the job. Did not. Not a lot of mercy killings in the uh, mm-hmm. Jedi Order. Yeah. But, so that's apparently where they differ from samurais. But, like, he's seen some stuff. Like, I kind of understand how he's decided to make this separation and cope with it however he's had to, but... I think in terms of Jedi and Luke's training to be a Jedi, I think he's just wrong here. Yeah, I think it's interesting um, how much mind trickery goes on on both sides because I, I you know, you, we'll talk about more about how manipulative the Emperor is, but uh, I mean Yoda trying to punk out on you know confirming Vader as his dad, and then them being real coy about the existence of Leia and his sister, and uh, and then Obi Wan maybe being wrong here about that or if he's not wrong he's playing a bigger game that he's still not cluing uh, him into it's just i feel it's like a lot it is a lot and i feel like so i feel like the sith are deceptive to meet an end and i feel like in this instance yoda and obi-wan are deceptive to like not want to confront their great shame. Like, uh-huh. this is their greatest failure in life, That's and they true. just don't yeah. want to acknowledge it. So to me, it's like a very human thing. Because uh, people do that. That's just a yeah. that's just a thing people do. But I guess they're just not exactly the saints that they're made out to right. be. Right, and, and I think that's very clear here. Yeah. Um, I think it's also clear in the prequels. I mean, they kind of are the worst in the prequels at certain points, but they're very yeah, they're self... Actually, they're actually much better at this point. Yes. They've lost a lot of the self-righteousness. At this point, it's just kind of coping with their mistakes. But yeah. anyway, so uh, Yoda dies, Force goes to Obi-Wan, and Luke have it out. And then Luke meets back up with the Rebel Alliance, who has been informed that the Emperor himself is overseeing the final stages of construction of the Death Star. <laughs> Many Bothans died to bring us this information. <laughs> um, so they are going, they basically figure out that where the Death Star is and that there's a shield generator protecting it on the forest moon of Endor. 
and if they're able to destroy this shield generator, they can fly right into the core reactor of the Death Star and blow that thing up. Because they didn't finish. They Yeah, they did not finish the Death Star. Um, and so that's where you have this team together, and they go down to Endor, and then you've got the whole thing with the Ewoks, where the Ewoks capture them, and then they think C-3PO's a god, and then Luke uses the Force to make it seem like C-3PO's a god, which is all a little problematic, but... Um, <laughs> and then they use this pretense to get the Ewoks to help them, uh, and then they go to the shield generator. Well, before that, Luke reveals to Leia that Darth Vader is his father, and then that she is his sister, so also revealing to her that Darth Vader is her father, <laughs> which is a tough look. Yeah. And just kind of drops on her and is like, all right, I gotta go. <laughs> so, I don't know, maybe you can give her like a hug or something, or just like, <laughs> you need to talk about this? Like, just, yeah. it took me a minute to kind of process that the most evil man in the galaxy was my father. Like, are you good? <laughs> you want me to go get Han? <laughs> What's, you know, but no, it just pieces out. He's like, all right, uh, bye, I'm going to go kill our dad. Um, so that is a tough look for Luke. But, so he goes off to confront Vader, surrender, surrenders himself over to well, and, the troops. And actually, he doesn't say that he's going to go kill her dad. Uh, he says that he's going to not go kill him because they're still good in him. And, and yet, this is the guy that just destroyed her home planet. Like, there's a lot going on there. and Yeah. Because she's like, oh, they're still good in him. And she's and she probably like, oh, but... It's like he sort of just blew up Alderaan like a really hard All my friends and family. That know, was only like three years ago, but that was, that's pretty fresh. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's, that's also true. Yeah, there's a lot to process there. Yeah, and then, uh, and yeah, and then he just pieces out. So, so to Leia's credit, she bounces back pretty fast, but... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Luke goes and hands himself over to Imperial troops, and the Han and Leia and Ewok contingent get a plan together to go ahead and take down the shield generator. Vader and Luke go to the Death Star to meet the Emperor uh, to try and convert him, and it's very like Church of Latter-day Saints in there. Um <laughs> I'm almost positive the Emperor has special underwear on under those robes. Oh, my goodness. But, <laughs> uh, and so they're basically cutting back and forth between the Emperor's throne room and the Death Star and the events going on on Endor with the uh, shield generator and everything. And we find out that the Emperor has set this trap, that the Death Star is operational, that they've got a legion of troops, an entire legion of my best troops, <laughs> um, is waiting for uh, is waiting for Han and Leia down on Endor. Oh, I'm afraid this battle station will be quite operational when your friends arrive. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so they, Luke and Leia get kind of confronted and then there's a battle of Endor where the Ewoks are fighting stormtroopers and ATSTs and um, so that's going on they're trying to regain control so they can so they can uh, blow up the generator or yeah the shield generator meanwhile Lando and the rebel fleet zoom up on the Death Star and they're like that thing's operational 
Um, basically, they find out that the Death Star works, and instead of instead of retreating, Lando says, "Hey, we're only going to get one shot at this. Let's attack the Star Destroyers while waiting for Han to get the." Basically, they're just this is this is they're all in at this point. They're either going to die from the Star Destroyers or they're going to get this thing done. Um, eventually the they win the little battle on Endor and are able to blow up the shield generator and they make the run into they make the run into the Death Star and blow up the Death Star. Meanwhile, while all that's going on, Vader and Luke get into I think easily the best Star uh, lightsaber battle of the original trilogy. For sure. And the Emperor is kind of just like heckling and laughing and being weird the whole time. Um, and they're going back and forth and Vader finds out or figures out through Luke's feelings that he's got a sister. And that's important because Luke has hidden and, and decided not to fight Vader and when Vader reveals that he's figured out that he has a sister, that's where Luke really gets after him mm -hmm. and starts fighting again and eventually cuts off his hand. Very uh, symmetrical, I guess. Mm -hmm. Very. Uh, he cut off the fake hand, though, didn't he? He did. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, he got his hand cut off by his dad. Uh -oh. He cuts his dad's yeah. hand off. It's kind of a balance there. Yeah. Um, and then... After he cuts the hand off, he puts the lightsaber away and is like, you failed. I might have cut his hand off, but I'm not going to kill him. I'm not going to the dark side. And then the Emperor is like, force lightning! <laughs> um, and I will say, okay, so we have made a lot of fun of the no at the end of Revenge of the Sith. Mm -hmm. I, knew, I wondered if this was coming. But Darth Vader busts out a couple of them that are almost as bad. The second one in particular are almost as bad as the no at the end of Revenge of the Sith and when he throws the Emperor over the edge of the, I don't even know what that is, the pit, and throws him down the well, it's almost exactly the same no. Down the well. <laughs> Lassie, go get Timmy. He fell down the well. Rancor, come here. <laughs> the uh, Rancor's dead. It's too soon. Too soon. It's probably not the only Rancor. It might be. You don't know. Lassie was not the only Kali in the mm, entire... Are you sure? I, I have a fair point. I've never <laughs> seen two Kali's in the same place. See? But... See? Uh... Corgi's, on the other hand. There's just dozens. But... Uh, yeah, they're all over the place. Um, so, the Emperor is theoretically dead. Judging by the trailers for Episode Nine, he appears to have lived on in some form. We yeah, don't even know. Even the posters and stuff are starting to. We don't really know what uh, what form that is yet, and the no longer evil Anakin Skywalker slash formerly artist formerly known as Darth Vader, <laughs> um, says, "Help me take this mask off." Uh, and so here's my, here's, he looks way too old. Yes. The egghead. Yeah. And he sounds way too old. He's got like the old man voice. Yeah. Um, I get that he's had a tough go of things. Right. And has aged poorly. Right. But, you know, you're not going to touch any of that up, George. You can't like polish that head a little bit and make him not look so 90. 
Well, and I, like, the top of his head is not really the problem. You know, the the fact that he's, you know, probably basically has bed sores on his head from wearing a helmet all the time is, I mean, it, it makes sense. But, no, I mean, his age is, well, I mean, I guess. He's he, got to be, what, 40, basically? Uh, yeah, 45-ish, yeah. Because you're going for, he's basically 20. Finishing out the At the end of the prequels. prequels, and then it's 19 or 20 years. Plus three. So he's 42, and then I think this is right after Empire Strikes Back. So he's like early 40s. Yeah, yeah. And absolutely no older than 45. Right. He's somewhere between 40 and 45. Right. I feel very confident about that. This guy's feeling real 60-ish. 60-plus. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, the makeup and all that. Best case stuff, scenario, yeah. he's like 60 and smoked for 40 of those years. Well, he got smoked, so... That's <laughs> true. Pretty maybe literally. Like smoked from the inside out. Maybe that <laughs> ages you poorly. But, I don't I, That was... It's a nitpick, but I was like, that dude's, like, pushing 70. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Could so, fix a lot of that by not starting the prequels where we started the prequels. Accurate. Even if even if you, like, play it out and you're like, oh, he's about 50, and you're like, ah, oh, he did get burned alive. Like, I can live with that. Exactly, yeah. It's like, that guy's not 40. Right. Um, anyway. So... Anakin is redeemed, and he says, you were right about me. There was good in me. Tell your sister you were right. And then he dies. and Which would never work with anybody who has actual sisters. Be like, hey, our dad who was on his deathbed said you were right, and he wanted you to know that. His sister would be like, <laughs> He yeah, wanted right. you to know that I was right. So <laughs> it doesn't matter that he blew up Endor, or not Endor, that Alderaan. It doesn't matter he blew up your home planet. Quit being a baby about it. He said I was right. Uh, so and he wanted me to have the speeder and it's my speeder I get to keep C-3PO um, and so yeah and then he takes him down to Endor and burns him which he probably had enough fire at that point like maybe don't burn Anakin again <laughs> it seems a little insensitive Luke you know what I was thinking when Yoda disappeared was I'm surprised Obi-Wan wasn't laughing as a force ghost at that point <laughs> just be like oh, you got him this time Luke especially as Anakin's like the force ghost is standing next to him like look remember that <laughs> Do we cool Are we cool bro no yeah no um, no, but like when Yoda disappeared, I, I think I actually wrote it down. It was, it was like Jedi funerals must be cheap. Oh yeah, you just pack up their clothes and just like, I don't like know. You fold up the little cloak and you're like, uh, we're good here. We're done. Yes, Do- donated to Goodwill or whatever. Uh, yeah, or I mean, Yoda's would have been small enough. You could have made made a nice little dog sweater out of it. Um, <laughs> a tiny rancor sweater. <laughs> yeah, like a baby rancor. Um, <laughs> It'd be adorable with a little hood on. You know, maybe that's where Baby Yoda got his. He just got it. He just went to, you know, went to the B two B of the intergalactic world. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that is basically the movie. At the very end, there was some added scenes where you see Boop. people celebrating throughout the galaxy of the uh, fall of the Emperor. Um, rather than at the original end where there was just a little party. There was an awesome Ewok song. Yeah, and that sounded like, Hallelujah! I tried explaining that to my business partner, Ben, the other day. and uh, Has he never seen like the original cut? I 
I think he has, but um, to, to try to be like, you know that song that used to be there? And you pretty much have to like sing it. If you, yeah, if you, and also if you haven't heard it, you'll never understand. Yeah. But for those of you who have never seen non-special edition Return of the Jedi... There you was, haven't seen the real ending. There was no Coruscant or anything like that. They're basically just having like a campfire around Darth's body. Yeah. Uh, and they had old man on, and Anakin. Yeah, they, as and, the in, Force goes. instead of instead of stupid Hayden Christensen, Force Boo. goes Anakin. Uh, but they're like, oh, that old man also looks sixty, so maybe we have to get rid of him. But, I don't even think they, that's the reason they did. I think it's just because George Lucas can't leave well enough alone. Yeah, no, George Lucas can't help himself. That's obviously true. Yeah. But the original ending was Han and Luke and Leia and the Ewoks and C-3PO and R2-D2 were all basically having this big bonfire party on Endor, and then the Force ghosts were, like, watching over them. And, yeah, the Ewoks are, like, banging. They're playing drums on the heads of stormtroopers. <laughs> helmets. <at> the very, <laughs> we don't know that. <laughs> at the very least, but we, it's helmets. But they, the heads might still be in there. It's we possible. don't know. Yeah. Uh, those Ewoks were brutal. <laughs> They did seem to have a lot of sharp tools, though, I will they say. They did not. It was a lot of sticks and rocks. <laughs> um, it would take a little time. <laughs> just sawing at the head. Hey, can um, I borrow that lightsaber? Yeah, hey, can you use that real quick? Just, like, real fast. Uh, we're trying to make some drums. <laughs> so they've got the um, heads slash possibly just helmets of some stormtroopers, and they're playing drums on them. And, yeah, the song goes exactly like we just sang it, and that's the end of the movie. Yeah. Which I prefer, frankly. Especially yeah. because, yeah. Especially because knowing the events of Episode 7 and yeah. kind of what yeah. happens between where it's not just, like, this wonderful revolution, how it's basically just all still turmoil and, like, at least half the galaxy is like, why did we overthrow him? Uh, I'm not sure that the big celebration makes sense. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I had the same same thought where episode seven doesn't quite pick up where six left off uh, because, well, in the special edition ones. I mean, we're still like, obviously we're like 20 years past that. But even still, I, but, you know, I mean... There one, seemed to be no indication that the galaxy as a whole was ever just like, yeah, let's get on with the New Republic. Yeah, well, and even what you see in Solo and uh, maybe... Yeah, yeah which Solo is one. not that far after... Solo is not that far after um, Episode 6. I believe it's about 10 years. After Episode 3. After Episode 3, yeah, yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah, well, yeah, so Solo and Rogue One, and we get the sense that the Empire is huge. Huge that there's people, there's you know soldiers for it all over the galaxy, and what they didn't just hang it up after the first Death Star blew up, and sure, yeah, Vader's dead now too, and, and the Emperor. and the Emperor, but uh, we know but they've also dissolved the Senate, so the Senate doesn't even exist anymore, right? And we know there's enough like bloodthirsty people who are just quick, you know, ready for a promotion and uh, trying to climb the ranks of evil uh, that. I don't. I'm not convinced that everybody on Coruscant's like, oh, sweet, our our jobs are gone, and you know all that stuff. And I'm not saying they should like those jobs, but uh, you know, every time you see these new captains and admirals, I mean, Vader's got an endless supply of them apparently because he just keeps choking them out like crazy. Not in this movie, but also uh, true. You know, but it's like there are people just constantly signing up to work for the Empire, and 
Um, and unless they've all been sort of mind tricked into it, and that just all dissolved by you know when Vader and the Emperor died, then there are a lot of willing participants in in this empire. And well, and they like, don't just all go away because one thing blew up. Also, you've got a lot of willing participants, and like, okay, people get the jobs that are available. Yeah, you know, like if you're just like an everyday person, you just get the job you can get. Yeah, right, and maybe you don't realize. You know how evil the emperor actually is. Maybe you're just like, "Hey, I need a job as a, I don't know, pilot, whatever." Yeah. And so there is that part of it, and also just like the practicality of it. Which, as an adult now, I'm just like, "What happened to the economy?" Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you have no structure in place to take over. Yeah. And you're basically just like, okay, so we're just going to turn everything over to the syndicates and the warlords. Good luck, everybody. Well, and it's, it's like, yeah, and it's like, uh, you know, our political system today, if, if you know, even if somebody just loses, let alone dies, but, you know, even if somebody just loses that you're in opposition to, half the people are celebrating, half the people it's the worst day of their entire lives. Yeah. And, um, and so even if there were people on Coruscant who were celebrating, uh, there were probably just as many people who were about to burn the whole thing down. Yeah, that's true. So I thought that I thought that ad was weird. Cons- Thanks a lot, George. Considering where the tone of the the films had gone after that, and also just the practicality of how revolutions go. Not to mention too, um, one thing that that I like about the original Star Wars is how relatively low tech everything is, and there are certain times where uh, the limitations of their technology are pretty clear that they can't get certain messages across to everybody at all times. Yeah. And, um, and so I, even just the practicality of, of, you know, would they all have even heard that quickly? And, you know, I don't know. Well, just especially from, they're not on Coruscant, right? Right, like, exactly, I mean, they're, yeah. They're in, they're on Endor, and um, it's obvious there's, not like social media because people don't know about Darth Vader for like 15 years. Exactly, yeah. You know, and nobody's on nobody's on like Twitter like you will not believe this dude I just saw <laughs> lightsaber eviscerate everyone. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's so yeah, I, I agree. There's there's some issues with the remade ending. Um uh, so I would I would encourage trying to YouTube the original ending for uh Return of the Jedi. But so I wanted to get to I liked this movie a lot less than I remember. Okay. And I just... I felt like the beginning drags really hard with the rescuing Han Solo stuff. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's really slow and not that interesting. And then... I feel like that's just a lot of... That takes a long time to get into the part of the movie that I find interesting, which is, you know, the Luke and Darth stuff, the the stuff, the initial stuff with the Ewoks. Mm-hmm. I don't find that interesting. Mm-hmm. The Ewoks in general I kind of have an issue with because it's just like, okay, first of all, they kind of look creepy now. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, they're they kind of creepy. Yeah. Although I... Now that I've seen, like... Porgs and Baby Yoda. I'm like, ooh, these are creepy. These are not cute. Yeah, I actually kind of like that they're creepy though because it's so, um, I don't know, like it's so realistic in some ways. Um, it's a lot more realistic that they're just these 
just prepared to murder at a moment's notice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're kind of just tiny bears, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, about ready to rip somebody up. Um, cut their head off and make a drum. But I just didn't think the the early part where, like, Leia gets captured by him and then, like, the C-3PO and, and, and Ewok stuff, I just didn't find any of that that interesting. And I just felt like it took up a lot of the movie. Yeah, so... I, I don't agree. Um, I, I liked this movie pretty much as much as I when I was a kid, um, which I was a little bit surprised by, to be honest, because um, I didn't love Empire as much uh, this time, although I've never, I've never been as big of a fan of Empire. Um, but uh, one thing I, that I noticed was that, for me, I felt like Lawrence Kasdan was really good at doing setups and payoffs throughout this entire movie. And I think part of the reason that the early movie drags, in your opinion, is because uh, they're, they're busy setting up a lot of stuff to make it pay off a lot better. For example, uh, you know, the movie starts out on, you know, with Vader arriving at the Death Star. And the whole point of that is basically to show that it's incomplete, um, you know, that it's half-built, and so you, you actually see the picture of this half-built Death Star, and that's kind of a cool visual that we haven't seen before. Right. But then also, um, to set up the idea that not only that the Emperor is coming to visit the, the Death Star and oversee its completion, but also... Uh, how afraid everyone is of him. Sure. Because, uh, you know, it's like, and it's, the Emperor is coming here, we shall double our efforts. Because they're like, oh, quaking in well, their Well, I don't have a problem with that part of the movie. Like, that no, makes I, sense. But so, the part, the part, all the stuff on tattooing just takes forever. Okay, well, so to that end, uh, one thing uh, is that... Uh, Part part of the problem is that George Lucas added that whole song in there that adds a few minutes to that that scene uh, because there was like a little bit of music in that scene before and there was the dancer but he yeah. made it twice as long with with adding that song uh, which by the way shout out to Femi Taylor who plays the dancer uh, it was the same actress in '83 as it was in '97 um, and so like keeping up your dancing shape for 14 years uh, between movies is Pretty impressive, so it's good for her. Sure. Uh, also, uh, on that note, uh, her brother Benedict Taylor was one of the fighter pilots in episode one. So, uh, I thought that was a fun little bit of trivia. But, that said, the song still sucks. And um, it's not uh, it's not a good ad- addition to that part. But, the reason that I like the Jabba setup is because... Um, is because it shows that Luke has become a mastermind. Not just... He's been so reactive in episodes uh, four and five that you know it's uh, the reason he joins the rebellion is because his family died and that he he doesn't have anything left on Tatooine he wanted to but he he wasn't the one leading the charge with this and then everything he does in Empire is just so based on his feelings and uh, you know he's going against the advice of Yoda and of Obi-Wan he goes faces Darth and gets his hand cut off and like he's just a guy who reacts 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 but the but the Luke that we see in Episode Six and in uh, this one, Return of the Jedi, he is in charge of the situation, even when it looks like he's not in charge of the situation, uh, which to me sets him up as, um, you know, because you have him, be, you know, his his lightsaber was already inside R two D two well before R two D two even got to Tatooine, and uh, uh, or or well before they even got to Jabba's palace. And then, and so he set up this plan long in advance. 
But then you also have the Emperor as his parallel on the other side. It's actually not Darth Vader who's his parallel. It's the Emperor who, uh, who has been masterminding his plan and everything that, that uh, they think that they're doing right, they're not doing right because the Emperor has been the one uh, kind of feeding information to them and all of that. And so it's these two, like, it's a battle of the titans in this way where it's this mastermind Jedi, Jedi the only one who's left who can, who can face them, against this mastermind Sith uh, who, who is, always seems to be one step ahead and such a fearsome villain. And I think you have to set that up with showing that, that Luke is capable of that level of planning and execution um, and in order, to, in order to make the payoff of the movie good at the end. Yeah, I understand that. It's just it's way too long, and it takes way too much time in order to do that. That's fine. I, I love the entire thing, except for the, the bad new song that we don't need at all. I just I think it takes way too long. There's way too much time with just the droids, and then there's way too much time between the that and when Leia shows up, and then there's way too much time between when Leia and Luke shows up. Just the whole thing takes way too long. You I, spend way too much time in Jabba's Palace. See, when I, when I first saw this as a kid... I was genuinely surprised that Leia was the one in the suit, uh, in the bounty hunter suit, and right. I think it's one of those things that it's kind of hard to watch now because you know what's going to happen. And but that doesn't change the fact that it takes too long. You have the surprise does not change the fact that the entire thing just takes too long. I I, I think mean, there's just a lot of George Lucas's self indulgence in there whether it's the new song or whether it's just he wants to show all these different things and all these droids down in the little droid like basement dungeon thing or there's just too there's everything's too self-indulgent in Jabba's palace he's just like look at all this cool stuff that's here i i don't necessarily agree the only thing i i would probably agree with is that i don't think the rancor is all that necessary um, because we we already have seen, you know, we've got another monster coming up in just a few minutes with the Sarlacc, um, and why do we need why do we need Luke to fight the Rancor? Because uh, it, it's not even he doesn't even do anything particularly impressive. Jedi, he literally throws a rock and squishes the thing. Uh, which, by the way, the closed captioning is hilarious uh, for that part because it's it's literally just grr 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 crunch. That's that's like what the closed <laughs> captioning says. It actually says the word crunch. Yeah, it. I mean, the rancor scene takes a long time and it's kind of unnecessary. I I just think there's a lot of that type of thing. That's one of the biggest examples. But it's just too. There's too much stuff. There's I don't know. There's it's just takes way too long to try and get across the point that they want to. I think they could have done that in a much shorter amount of time. Uh, I think the I think the, the stuff with Luke and Yoda and Obi-Wan on Dagobah is important, obviously, mm-hmm. for information purposes. Uh, it's really just the opening scene, mostly. I just feel like drags on. and Not the opening scene, but the opening issue on Tatooine with rescuing Han. I just feel like it takes way too long, and there's way too much. It just makes the movie drag along. And then I really, I don't know, I just didn't enjoy, I liked the last, I don't know, what is it, like 45 minutes of the movie a lot, Mm -hmm. where basically from the time Luke surrenders himself to Mm -hmm. the time that that they blow up the Death Star and everything, but Mm -hmm. again, the stuff with the Ewoks was just, it seemed like there was just a lot of stuff on Endor that wasn't necessary, and it just... 
to me, made for a, a rather slow movie. I still like it, but I liked it a lot less than I remember liking it. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I I really enjoyed this watch of it, and uh, I will say about the Sarlacc pit though. One thing that has bothered me since I was five is, uh, you know, they say that there'd be a new meaning of pain and suffering as you're slowly digested over a thousand years. And it's like, but... I'll be dead like a hundred Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that was the thing. It's like, how does it keep them alive for a thousand years? Is there years? like also a fountain of youth in there? Yeah. So it like keeps me alive and slowly the day digests me? Like what's going on here? Yeah, yeah. So I, that, I did think about that when I was uh, since I was a kid. Also... The scene where Luke reveals to Leia that she's his sister, uh-huh. she says, I know. I I'm think all- I've always <laughs> known. It's like, then why did you kiss your brother? Yeah, so I did have an issue with both when Obi-Wan, uh, or when uh, Yoda confirms it to Luke, and when uh, Luke tells Leia there seems to be absolutely zero reckoning with the fact that they've made out a little bit. Yeah, and, none whatsoever. Yeah, um, and that's that's super weird. It, it is super weird. It feels like even just a line like, but I kissed her, you know? <laughs> just, just be like, or just like, even just like a look. Yeah. It's like, where you're like, oh, he's processing some things, <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, because this is all after, by the way, uh, the... You know, he's rescuing her and she's in that gold bikini. And I feel like you see a little look. Like when, right before uh, they they do the like Tarzan thing off, yeah. off the ship, and he like grabs her and she's like pretty bare except for the little gold bikini. Uh, I feel like he checks her out right before and then they swing onto the, the getaway ship. And, and like he's got to have some confused feelings about, uh, yeah. about finding out that, that they're related. I just, that whole thing was problematic for me and um that was one thing i was there before we get into more nitpicks was there anything else that you what what did you really like about this movie um like i mentioned i i like that the setups and payoffs are really good in this movie and i i know that we differ in that but um i don't i don't disagree with the setups and payoffs. i think the setups take way too freaking long and that's fair. I I guess just when I'm watching this movie, I'm buckled up for the ride. I will say that this movie's about 15 minutes longer than Empire, and uh, and that that probably could have been trimmed out, especially with the addition of the new songs. Um, there's probably it comes five, in at right like there. two hours and 12 minutes. Yeah, and I think if this is like a nice tight like hour 50, hour 55, everybody's a lot happier. Yeah, I mean, there, there's some fat that they could have trimmed from it. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I really like the setups and the payoffs, though. And I think even, you know, some of the stuff that you had issue with with the Ewoks, but um, there's there's certain amounts of gaining trust that, that sort of makes sense of, uh, you know, it's like when she offers him the food to start with and, and then he, and then they, like, take down a stormtrooper together or a, a scout trooper together Um you know, there's, there's just like these little moments where they're, they're building trust, and it might take a little bit long. I particularly, I actually really enjoy uh, them thinking that three PO is a god, partly just because three PO is so derpy for the rest of the other movies. It's fun that he gets a little moment where uh, where he's you know in the limelight, and uh, but even then he's still a derp about it because 
you know, he's like, impersonating a deity is against my protocol, and Han's about ready to choke him out, and that's that's funny to me. Yeah, like, I don't have a problem. Like, it's funny. It's just <laughs> that when you actually think about it, it's like, okay, you're exploiting these indigenous people's religious beliefs that you know are not true. You know C-3PO, not a god, in order to achieve your ends. Like, it's a little problematic. Okay, but I have a hot take on this one. Because I actually thought of this while I was watching it this time that I hadn't thought about ever before, is what if in the same way that uh, that the emperor has been setting stuff up and and it's unclear like how much of it is um, intentional and you know did he kill uh, Padme did you know all of these things that, that you know keeping the the kids from Darth and all that kind of stuff what if there's some way in which their uh, their beliefs were actually destined for this. That that you know some prophecy about a golden man you know uh, among their ranks would be their you know lead to their freedom. Um, and so even though they know that three PO is not a god, it doesn't mean that he's not the fulfillment to the prophecy because the combination of him and Luke might actually be the fulfillment of their their prophecy. This prophecy that you're making up right now that does not exist? No, they obviously have a prophecy, because why else would they recognize him as as a deity-type figure? No, they obviously have a religion. You're assuming that within that religion there's some sort of prophecy that says a gold man's going to lead them into battle. Why, why would they be so reverent to uh, to 3PO if it were not for the fact that they clearly recognized him as something... As a part of their religion. There is no mention ever about... This gold man will lead you into battle and to glory and whatever. It's just he's part of their religion in some way. In what? In yeah, it's unclear. That's basically a prophecy. That's not a prophecy. <laughs> a prophecy is saying, "Hey, this thing's going to happen," and so follow this person because they're going to make the thing happen. I'm just saying, I'm I'm here for it. I like you're it. You're just saying you're making up an entire part of the Ewok religion that is not. It does not exist. Look, for somebody who traffics in a fair number of of what ifs about, you know, did the Emperor kill Padme? That one makes plenty of sense. All of that's in the context of the movie. How would he know? This could be just as well. No, it's not. You're just making this up. How would the Emperor know that Padme was dead if he didn't kill her? Because he can search the force with his feelings and all that. How would he possibly know? Why would he even be looking for it? Uh, because... Their babies would be super high in chlorines, which again are garbage, but super high in chlorines, strong with the force even from birth, and and he would be able to sense things in the force that that are that significant. Generally, you have to be looking for something significant. You have to be looking for something in the force to sense it, unless it's like an entire planet of people being destroyed, like Alderaan. He he knew that uh, Padme and uh, and Anakin were married before. Uh, Anakin revealed it. So. That's because Anakin is like in front of him and really bad at hiding anything. I'm just also, saying. he's like making out behind pillars with Padme in the middle of Coruscant. Like, somebody probably saw them. I'm saying that if it was intuited through the forest, then he's obviously, he's like bookmarked them in the forest, you know, to come back to that page just in case anything important is going on. Oh, hang on, that bookmark is, doesn't go anywhere more because she's dead. That is more far fetched than the fact that he killed her. I, I don't think so. And it's much... he Him killing her is much less far-fetched than that there's some secret prophecy of the Ewoks that we are never told about in even the most... It's mob- implied. It's absolutely... It's not implied. No, no, no. When they see him, they... Religion is implied. There is no 
prophecy implied. No, when they see him, they all like take a minute to like chat and Ewok to each other, and then they start bowing down. It's sort of like, is this the dude? Looks like the dude. Is this a dude? Yeah. And so they start doing their... Oh. Yeah, the deity, not a prophecy. There's a difference. But what? But how, how would you recognize a deity in your religion without knowing what you're looking for? That's a prophecy. Knowing That's what you're looking a, for is a prophecy. No, knowing what you're looking for is a description. But for looking for something before it gets there, it's a prophecy. No, it's not. The reason that they're having this discussion is they're like, that, look, that That sounds like the description. This guy looks like the description. Is this the guy? Okay, cool. He came back. Awesome. I, no. I You're think reading it, so much. In, you don't think that, you, you don't think that, I can see it. I can see that you made it up. You don't think that Han and Leia so much as kissed on a spaceship in three years, but you think there's some random prophet, you're reading into this random, unknown, untold, unrealistic prophecy that the Ewoks have? I, I see it. That's, that's all I'm going to say. Um, moving on to other things. Just nonsense. Uh, speaking of C-3PO and R2-D2, uh, I just want to say, how good is Anthony Daniels and Kenny Baker, who play 3PO and R2-D2, uh, respectively? I, I asked Lindsay, uh, my wife, the other night when we were watching uh, Empire, and I was like, I paused it. I was like, okay. When you look at 3PO and R2-D2, do you see people inside suits first? You know, kind of like, um, uh, you know, I would say, um, you know, Drax from, from uh, uh, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy. Or, and, may, and maybe that's not a great one, but, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, obviously it's makeup and costume and whatever. Uh, or do you see robots first? And she's like, you know, I see robots first. And I do too. I, I feel like, for one... Anthony uh, Daniels is so skinny that it doesn't even look like there's room for a person inside that suit. Um, and I think the way that the costume people did that is is really creative and interesting. Uh, but, you know, between them and R2-D2, I actually, I, like, I still, even with a more critical eye uh, of an adult, I they just look like robots to me. And, and, and his mannerisms and the, the stilted way in which he moves and his voice and all those things... He seems like a humanoid robot, and I, I wanted to shout it out for a couple of movies now, but they're, he's just so good at, uh, uh, you know, what a robot would move like, especially when they didn't have, you know, it's like we see the MIT robotics stuff now, and we, you know, on YouTube and all that, you can look stuff up, like, and actually study how robots would move, but there wasn't that kind of stuff available to him to study, so in a lot of ways, he kind of created those movements, and... Um, I think it was incredibly good, and that was something that I, I, I really enjoyed about this and the other movies. Um, other things I enjoyed... Was there anything you enjoyed? Uh, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed... Like I said, I really enjoyed the last, like, 45 minutes of the movie. I like the... I like the battle between Luke and Darth Vader. Um, I like the space battle between the Rebel Fleet and the Star Destroyers and everything. I really like the part where the... Uh, little fighter goes through the bridge of the Super Star Destroyer. That was super cool. Um, yeah, like like I said, the last like forty five minutes of the movie, I really enjoy. I think, and I understand there has to be a certain amount of build up in order to get that payoff. I just think the build up took a really long time, and there was a lot of unnecessary stuff in there. But I think the payoff is very good. I think the last like forty five minutes to an hour of the movie is really good. 
Yeah, and and it is the truest Star Wars part of this movie, uh, being that there's space and actual battles. Yeah. Um, I, I do think, though, that one thing that I've always liked about Star Wars that I that they definitely don't do as well in, uh, in 8 and probably also in the prequels is um, that a lot of it takes place on worlds and, and in different locations where... Um, you know, like in Rogue One and kind of the, the uh, you know, clandestine meetings between characters to, to pass along information right. and that kind of stuff. I, I Kind of like I said earlier, I like how low-tech a lot of that stuff is um, because it adds, it really ratchets up the drama of, of what's going to happen instead of just relying on, you know, tech to, to solve a lot of those problems. Um, I also enjoyed how <clears throat> how just devious the, the Emperor is. I will say this is something where, um, again, the prequels do pay off pretty well, even though I hate the way that they were made. Um, the Just knowing that he knows things that, that we don't know, but also how he, um, you know, he, he kind of plays the fool sometimes. And, um, you know, because when Vader comes to him and says... Uh, you know, hey, my son is on that planet uh, or on the moon, and and the emperor is like, well, how did I not know that? And it's like, well, come on, man. Uh, and then especially right after that, he goes, uh, well, then you need to go down there. I've foreseen it. And it's like, okay, have you foreseen it or did you not know? Um, and I don't think it's sloppy writing. I think it's the uh, I think it's the emperor just being like just devious and messing with you. Um, I also really enjoyed. Uh, his uh, his Imperial Guard, the guys in red, yeah. like are so creepy, and I'm I. That's one thing I actually appreciate that Ryan Johnson brings back in eight, uh, in a different format. But yeah, in uh, the Snoke's throne room. Yeah, yeah. I it, just that that pop of color against, uh, and it's so blood red, and it's against like all this black and white and everything else. Like you, even when you're like in the hangar and you can see them walking out of the ship. It's just a new, different, scary uh, kind of uh, guard for him to be rolling with. And, uh, yeah, they just set him up really, really well as as just the ultimate evil. Well, even in the context of the battle between Vader and Luke, the Emperor is telling Luke to kill Vader so that Luke can be his apprentice in front of Vader. And he also even says to kill him. He's like, come on, do it. Just, you know, and... And and again, I think it's because he doesn't think he can die. I think he believes he's immortal. Oh, yeah. He doesn't actually think it's going to happen. But I do think he legitimately is like, oh, yeah, kill Vader and you can just be my new guy. Yeah, it's like, this guy, he's half machine anyway. He doesn't work all the way. I'd I'd like a new one. He He has to take these... Bakta baths all the time. I mean, it's, is that what those are called? I think so. I'm trying to. I think it's called Bakta. Oh, that's funny. Um, I've actually wondered about. That I think it's called Bakta tanks. Is what they're uh, is what they're called. But the um, I'll look it up right now. But the yeah, it just just it speaks to the deviousness of the emperor and some of the things that you mentioned in terms of like letting Vader think that he's the one that figured out that Luke was there first. Mm -hmm. I think play into the... I'm sure there was a... There had to have been a lot of that for Vader to, like, stay on board in terms of... Especially from the time in Empire Strikes Back where he finds out that 
he's got a son and that he's alive and that the emperor has been hiding him, hiding this from him to this point. I have to imagine the emperor was doing a lot of like coddling of that situation to yeah. let. Otherwise, Vader would have just been like, "Well, screw this," like you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, so I, I wonder how much of it's that and how much of it is just kind of him playing up to Vader's ego so that he stays on board with the plan. Yeah. Um, moving on a little bit to some nitpicks, I feel like Vader's turn is is relatively fast, um, although. It's, yeah, it's, they are called Bakta tanks, by the way. That's the it's the Luke's in one yeah, yeah. in Empire, yeah. and then um, Vader takes them as well to because yeah. he's you know never healthy basically after yeah. Yeah. what happens anyway. Um, but I felt like Vader's turn to good was relatively fast and maybe a little on the nose, like when he um, like when he tells Luke, uh, you know, it's too late for me. Uh, it's pretty much admitting, like, oh, I do have good in me, but uh, we're not going to go down that road. We're too so. far down that path at this point. Yeah, which is like, I, 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 I think that he, if he really believed that, um, he would probably just continue to deny and obfuscate. Like, why would he? Why would he be like, yeah, there is some there. Keep looking for it, but don't. You know, it was. I that was a little much for me. I kind of. I don't know. I thought the turn was a lot more gradual because I basically. I think it starts from the time in Empire Strikes Back where he finds out he does have a son all the way to the end there where the Emperor is trying to kill his son. Right. I think it's that whole movie and a half is where the turn is. And a lot of it obviously is not shown, but you've got, you know, you've got at at the end of Empire Strikes Back, he's pleading with Luke to join him and they can overtake the Emperor. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's obviously a connection for him to Luke mm-hmm. that is way bigger than the Force or the Emperor mm-hmm. or the Good or the Dark or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think I think as you move further into Return of the Jedi, he just realizes, okay, Luke's not going to come with me, which would have been the easy way. Mm-hmm. And I would rather turn back to the light and admit I was wrong and possibly die than see my son die. Yeah. So I think there's actually quite a long build up to that. No, and, and I think it's less of a turn. Honestly, I think it's less of a turn back to the light side, so much as it is just like a turn towards his humanity. Yeah. Because this through a lot of through a lot of the original trilogy, Darth Vader is just like this nameless, faceless, mm-hmm. emotionless. He's a machine. Basically. He is. He's a he's a killing machine. Mm-hmm. And at this point in the movie, it, to me, it's not turning from the dark side of the force to the light side of the force. It's turning from embracing his machine qualities to embracing his humanity yeah. and the fact that he has a son and he loves his son and he would do anything to protect his son. It's, to me, less about the force and more about just, like, humanity. Yeah. Which, by the way, is why I buy the nose at the end a little bit more than... Because uh, he actually is in emotional turmoil, he's in uh, you know quite a bit of physical situation as well, and um, and it's just delivered better than than the other. Not ones. that much better though. A I mean, little bit. Just it's marginally. Yeah. At best. Yeah. Because um, he's in emotional and probably more physical turmoil in the for the no fire, revenge yeah. of the Sith. He was literally just on fire, and he yeah. just found out that his wife died, and he believes his children died also. Right. right. So. 
child. He believes his child died also. And yeah. so I I listen, as bad as it is, mm-hmm. I think this one's just as bad and you can't really use I don't use those factors to justify the one in Revenge of the Sith, and I'm not using them to <laughs> justify the one in Return of the Jedi either. I, I noticed it in this one, but it still didn't ring as bad. And I think part of it, maybe part of it was just they didn't uh, make such a big deal out of it, you know? Because I think in Revenge Part of it's his, his physical motion Yeah, yeah. in Revenge of the Sith. Also, and they like, zoom in on it and they well, shake the whole room. And, and there's everything. a lot of music playing over it in Return of the Jedi, so it's not as isolated. Yeah. yeah. But I think the actual scream is almost as bad. Yeah, which uh, you know, to to that point, um, there are some things in this movie that don't age particularly well. Um, I always used to find the kind of warthog looking. Uh, guards at Jabba's palace to be a lot scarier than you know because they're kind of the big, burly, yeah. tough, you know, and and they look a lot like the like pig dude from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, yeah, and they also, I mean, yeah, even just like the pigs and Angry Birds at this point, kind of, but um, yeah, they they're not quite as fearsome as they used to be when. You can see them in HD. You know, it's like oh, the, those suits don't age quite as well as, which is funny because the the guy with the red eyes that uh, is Jabba's, you know, uh, concierge or assistant yeah. or whatever. Um, he his makeup still looks pretty good. And he's still pretty creepy. And he's like, super creepy. He's creepier than I remember. Yeah, yeah, and I like to call him Jabba's like consigliere. He's like the yeah, yeah. He's the uh, Tom Higgins of of. Uh, Jabba's little godfather scene. Yeah, I kept wanting to, to use the word like liaison or something like that, but yeah, consigliere is, is a good term for it. But, you know, so some of those things don't... It's the proper term for a gangster organization, Raj. Okay. All right? Um, I'm not as into the mob movies. As well, that's a mistake. Well, it's probably true. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, there, I actually, there's just so... There is a lot that I really love about this movie. This movie used to be my favorite. I don't think it's my favorite anymore, but it's... It's higher up there than uh, a lot of the others. Um, I would say that, that Rogue One and and uh, A New Hope are ahead of this movie for me, but I, I don't know if there's anything else ahead of this movie for me in the Star Wars universe. This is my... So, out of the original trilogy, it's my third. Mm-hmm. I like A New Hope and then Empire Strikes Back better mm-hmm. than this one. Overall, it's going to be fourth, because I like Rogue One best of all of them. Sure. But... I, I like this one better than I like Empire, uh, partly because it is a more encapsulated story. Like, if you just watch this movie without knowing the other movies, um, there a, context would matter, but I think you could get through this movie and enjoy it because of just the overall arc of the movie better than you could in Empire. I don't know. I think the, I think the stuff on Dagobah gets really confusing if you don't know what's going uh, on. Yeah. I think the backstory with Darth and Luke gets really confusing if you don't know what's going on. They explain it pretty well. In the, I mean, at least kind you can, of. You can I pick mean, up on it. I feel like you don't have any... I, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot that you need. You probably don't need the events of Empire Strikes Back to explain it, but yeah. you definitely need the events of A New Hope to explain it, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Uh, was there anything that you didn't like about this movie? Um, 
Yeah, like I said, some of the stuff doesn't age particularly well, um, including... The Rancor does not age well. (laughs) (laughs) And neither does the Sarlacc, for that matter. It kind of just looks like a giant Venus flytrap. It does, but uh, part of that, I hate that he added the CG to that. I actually thought that the... Sarlacc the CG's was, worse, makes it worse. Yeah, this, it was a little bit scarier when it was just like, what's down there? As opposed to like, oh, it's a, you know, like you said, a Venus flytrap or something. Weird beak thing. Yeah. Um, it was it was just more creepy and less, uh, you know, it, again, it's what you don't see is a lot of times scarier than what you do. Um, especially, it, well, and, uh, oh, I definitely hated the song when we talked about that. Yeah. Uh, but pretty much all the CG additions to this movie, the song... Here, the the Sarlacc, the uh, the stuff at the end, they're just they they actually made the movie worse. I also thought so. I liked the extra because they make the explosions bigger, right? Yeah. I liked the extra explosion of the Death Star. I thought the extra explosion of the shield generator on Endor was <laughs> way too big. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. you guys ran away like 15 feet. You would all be dead. Yeah, yeah. Like, what is sure. happening right yeah. that You blew up half the moon. Yeah. Even that, well, and I even had that thought about the explosion of the Death Star. It's like, that thing was pretty close to Endor. And. Yeah, Endor would have like messed. I feel like it would have messed up Endor. Yeah, yeah. So but the, the explosion problem. specifically on Endor, I was way like. Way too big. That's way too big for. I mean, also, not that big of a building, number yeah. one. Yeah. He puts like. Four little chargers up on there to to, but he's putting them like in a big generator thing, which I get that. So it's going to be a bigger explosion, but like that building in general was not that big. Yeah, and also for as far away as they ran or as far away as they didn't run, they all would have died. And how exactly did the did the satellite dish also just like explode as opposed to maybe like falling down a little bit or Or just doesn't work anymore? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, I agree. But I thought that. the I thought the extra explosion graphics on the Death Star were satisfying. Yeah, and not only that, they're fairly seamless in that you don't really notice yeah. that they were added. Uh, in fact, I've seen the side by sides of the the ones they added in A New Hope, and you can't really tell. I mean, it, it's, it's a like little bigger. You have to remember. You exactly have to very specifically one. remember. I think it is. It is. I think there is a significant difference, but it was done very well. So you don't. It doesn't notice. look added. Yeah, it doesn't look like it was an unnatural addition to the film. And I, I feel like the better the TV technology gets, with you know, I was watching it on a, on a 4K TV, and uh, Ooh, I brag I think, much. <laughs> it's a Roku TV. Calm down. Um, but Ooh, 4K uh, TV. But uh, even watching them in HD, like the way that the. Uh, CG stuff stands out against the background now. It's just like especially oh, it's man. this was like early or not early. This was like late '90s CG. Yeah, when they re-released these, and it's rough. The yeah. the CG is rough in a lot of places. Yeah. Anything else you didn't like? Um, no, I really, I, I actually really enjoyed most of this movie. Um, I you know, like I said, I had a little bit of problem with nobody. Nobody deals with the incest at all. Like, it's just not a problem for for anybody. And sure, they have bigger fish to fry at this point, but it's... Uh, I feel like that reveal would have came with some, like, wait, what? I'm sorry, come again? Uh, but, yeah, yeah, for sure, I think that... Especially um, her saying that she knew all along. Yeah, that part kills me. I'm just like, ah, you shouldn't... That's not a good... That's not a good line there, my guy. Yeah. Um, 
Any other nitpicks or anything like that you wanted to get to? Uh, no. I mean, I, yeah. You said you had something about Bonthas. Oh, oh, the Bothans. Bothans. So, yeah, uh, you know, for, for so long, um, you know, we've been hearing about many Bothans died to bring us this information. In reference to the information that the Emperor was going to be on the Death Star and that to it oversee its completion, yet. that it wasn't complete yet. And I'm, Although they're a little I'm, bit wrong. I'm, no, they're super wrong. <laughs> uh, and I'm also assuming they revealed the location as well. They did, yeah. Um, but... Yeah, A, they're super wrong. We find out later that the Emperor fed them this information. Uh-huh. Uh, but I like that he fed them the information and also killed a bunch of them while he was at it. <laughs> that seems very on brand for the Emperor. Yeah. Um, so I, I looked them up, just, and this is legend, so it's not necessarily canon, but uh, there are these super interesting looking, they look sort of like a mix between a wolf and a... Uh, and a lion, and so kind of a somewhere between a canine and, and a feline face. Um, and then they, it also says that they have uh, equine, uh, you know, horse-type parts to them, which uh, I didn't see in the picture immediately. It looks much more, you know, furry animal uh, kind of thing, um, which also makes me feel like, you know, a good quality of spies is that they fit in really yeah, well. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> and just walk straight out of the uh, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe over here. Yeah, with, like that's weird. And and they're, the other funny thing about them is they're they're largely not trusted because they're known for being spies. Um, and so it's like uh, you just see like a Bothan walking around, and you're just like, oh, he's probably not spying. It's cool. Yeah, which I will say must make them really good at spying because a they're super recognizable, and b people still talk to them, and so it's like they must get it out of people in ways that they they don't realize. Maybe they have like a bull gun type <laughs> ability. Um, and so that I don't know. That was interesting. Uh, I also will say that uh, a lot of people have referenced this line in uh, in reference to the Rogue One events, and apparently has nothing to do with it, at least in terms of... Yeah, no, I think people, when Rogue One was first announced, people were like, oh, we're finally going to see the Bothans, and then people that actually know it were like, no, idiot. Yeah, and and I, until I looked them up, might have just assumed, like, I don't know, are they, is it like the Bothan squad, or like what, you know, I didn't even know what a Bothan was at all. Yeah, it was just like a... People from a certain planet, or like, but it's like this entire species. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that so that was interesting to me. Another thing that I, uh, you know, so I've been looking up about the people who made these movies, and uh, in the last last episode we talked about how Lawrence Kasdan wanted to kill Han Solo in this movie, which um, part of me was kind of looking for like, oh, where would he have done it? And that was interesting. Maybe when they're kind of like hunkered down by the, uh, you know, by the bunkers. Yeah, I'm guessing it would have been on the Battle of Endor. Yeah. Or maybe it happens early, like at Jabba's palace. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Or in the like trying the when they're trying to escape from Jabba's palace. Yeah. Um, so it's it, that was interesting that it didn't make the cut. And uh, but so I also looked into uh, Richard Marquand directed this movie uh, as opposed to Irvin Kershner for Empire and. I wanted to see. It was like, okay, this guy break out after um, after Jedi. Unfortunately, he died it, like just three or four years after this movie. So he made oh, a, wow. He made a little bit more stuff, and he was pretty young. He was like fifty. So, wow. Um, uh, it's interesting to kind of think what what else would have become uh, of his career after that. But uh, you know, sad story there. Um, you know, there's there's some stuff that I really 
you know love about this movie. You get the classic. It's a trap from Admiral Admiral. It's Agar. a trap. Um, <laughs> one thing that I liked, I didn't get to mention this yet, was that um, when Luke is mouthing off to the Emperor, I feel like Vader keeps looking at him like, "Don't embarrass me in front of my boss, son." <laughs> it feels very paternal, and so it's like maybe he is becoming more of a dad in this moment because he looks super annoyed at Luke, <laughs> like. That is my boss you're talking to. Can you please can it? I I felt like he kept looking at him like, he'll straight murder you, bro. Like, he was like, not like an embarrassed so much as like, dude, relax. Like, yeah. he can do some stuff you have not seen. Yeah, speaking of which, um, you know, being that this is the first time in the Star Wars universe uh, that, like, chronologically, that people, and by... by I, not by chronology, by yeah, release date. Release chronologically. Yeah. Um, that we've seen the Force Lightning. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm just so intrigued by that. Uh, you know, and I think that's part of what made the Emperor so scary to me before. Because all of the other Force stuff we ever saw was invisible. You know, it was like yeah. Vader choking a guy invisibly, you know, or moving a thing invisibly. And, um, and it's just this, like, energy that flows and whatever. And then, you know, Palpatine straight up just... just uses, you know, harnesses in such a way that it becomes lightning. Um, I'm not sure that I love it. Um, I will say it it's not as jarring now that we've seen it in Revenge of the Sith. And and it's kind of like, okay, I mean, I guess it's a thing that, that happens. But uh, I don't have a problem with it. I think it's just like, oh, this is a thing that the dark side can do that, you know. Because it's, you know, they kind of establish... Okay, the dark side's more powerful. The dark side mm-hmm. is there's, um, or if you go all the way back to the prequels, you know, the dark side is a path to many powers that you can't learn as a Jedi. Or yeah. so no, like that's fair. And so I I don't have a problem with it. I, I don't hate it. it. I think it makes sense within the context of the Sith being able to do things with the dark side of the Force. Yeah. That the light side users are not capable of. Yeah. Yeah. I. And, and yeah, like I said, it's not a real sticking point for me. It's just, it's an interesting departure from, from what we know of the Force uh, to this point. And so, uh, yeah. before, was there anything like super pressing you had left? Because uh, I want to get into another topic that we should wrap up with. Not super pressing, but I wanted to mention that for whatever reason, since I was little, I've always loved that when 3PO is telling the Battle of Yavin to the Ewoks, that his, his own, like, Robotness is doing the sound effects. Oh but yeah, they, like the actual right sound effects. Um, and I, I don't know. I always thought that was super cool. We never saw three PO do things like that before. Also makes me wonder why he doesn't use it more as like. I mean, how often? What? How often would he need that? Well, just you know, to as a diversion, if you could make it sound like, oh, there's somebody shooting over here, you know, and uh, yeah, and we've already established that he has a difficult time lying. I mean, that's not. That's fair. I don't think that's something that. You know, he is... It's not in his protocol. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which is funny, because it's not in his protocol, but then immediately after that, he pretends to be a deity. So... He doesn't, like... I mean... Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Um, the thing I wanted to get into before we wrap up is... I wanted to talk about Palpatine in the greater context of what we're expecting to see in Episode Nine. Yeah. So, he's obviously involved in some way, if you've seen the trailer. Uh-huh. If you are avoiding the trailer, spoilers, turn it off right now. Okay. <laughs> uh, obviously, you hear the 
laugh, you hear his voice in some mm. of the trailers. So he's involved in some way. So the ways that this is possible, in my opinion, there's three. Tell me if you think there's more. Number one, either he just didn't die. Mm-hmm. He got thrown down the pit. It didn't kill him. He could have pulled a Luke, become a Dingleberry. He could, yeah, he could have grabbed onto something. He could have, I don't know, he could have used some other force power that Sith have that we're not aware of to either keep himself alive or to keep himself from, you know, splatting at the bottom of the well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just maybe he just didn't die. Right. Okay, that's option number one. Option number two is that he's a force ghost. This is obviously a power that we've seen in the universe before with the uh, Jedi. Not out of the question that he's capable of having done this as well. Especially considering, you know, he's the apprentice of, former apprentice of Darth Plagueis. Darth Plagueis had allegedly conquered death. Mm -hmm. Not out of the question that he has either figured out a way to physically or spiritually, ghost-wise, mm. conquer death. By the way, can I just say, this is a little bit of a tangent, but uh, whenever I hear Force Ghost, in my head I hear the name of that Cartoon Network show, Space Ghost, Coast to Coast, and so it's always Force Ghost, Coast to Coast in my I brain. Don't, I don't watch Cartoon Network. That's, a, so. that's an early 2000s reference for anybody who went to college during that time. All right, good talk. Um, <laughs> and then the third option, which is to me... Very interesting, and I don't know, but I don't know how valid it is, although I don't want to give too many spoilers if you're watching The Mandalorian, might become more interesting. The There is a storyline in the Legends series in which Palpatine clones himself, hmm. and this wouldn't be the first time that they have lifted something from Legends into the regular storyline, Sure, and... So it's possible that we're dealing with a Palpatine clone. Mm. You know, perhaps he had one made before he died. Now it's at maturity. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and maybe that's why he was pulling the strings behind Snoke because he didn't want people to know that there was a either that he was still alive or that there was a clone of him because everybody's assuming he's dead at this point. Uh-huh. So. Those, to me, are the three options. Are you aware or have you thought of any other options on how he might be present in Episode Nine? Yeah, so one that I thought you were going to say is uh, the possibility of, like, reincarnation. And I don't know exactly, like, how that would, would work, whether it's sort of him... I don't think it'd be him necessarily, like, taking over a host. Um, you know, it was so much as as just sort of his force essence being like born into some other character. So it's so a thought would be is Kylo Ren, uh, for example, like the reincarnation of, of Palpatine, of, of Palpatine, which uh, makes it an interesting thought of like did Palpatine in some way through the Force because he'd have to be a Force ghost at at that point probably um, <laughs> did he like impregnate Leia through the force uh, again not getting further into the incest road but uh, well possibly incest depending on whether or not they're related but um, you know impregnate Leia and I well, I so laughed even, a little bit inside for because that maybe means Han did not shoot first but uh, even in the even if he so I'm assuming that Palpatine manipulated the midichlorians to create Anakin right exactly but they would not be genetically kin 
Yeah, that's, I mean, that's fair. So even if he caused the Midichlorians to create the life, it's not his genetics. Yeah. Like, Anakin Skywalker is not genetically related to Emperor Palpatine. Yeah. I mean, And so even if he did that with Kylo Ren, he would not be genetically related to either Leia or Kylo Ren. Yeah, that's, that's fair. So I don't think you have that issue there. But that is interesting if he... Uh, if he was somehow a reincarnation, um, that is an interesting theory as well. Is there a particular? Obviously, we don't know too much. Is there a particular theory you lean towards? I definitely lean towards Force Ghost. Force uh, Ghost. Yeah, I. Yeah, I kind of hope that it's not that he's still alive. Um, and that's the only one I hope isn't true. Is that he's just alive still? Unless yeah. there's a very. Unless there's a very compelling explanation of how he used his dark side powers in order to accomplish that. Yeah, although the one thing that I would maybe feel better about is the fact that they got rid of Snoke so <coughs> stinking easily Ooh. that... Excuse me, just sneeze. You. Um, but, uh, yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing. So, the, in the bigger picture of the... And we'll get into this when we do the in the next couple. Uh, the... There has to be someone pulling the strings behind Snoke. Otherwise, the fact that he died so easily yeah. is incredibly disappointing. Yeah. Right? And so I'm hoping that's where this is leading to with Palpatine, whether it's because of, regardless of the form he shows up in, yeah. I'm hoping he is the puppet master behind Snoke. Yeah, you, you would have to hope. Uh, although the interesting thing is, if he is a Force ghost, how do you kill a Force ghost? And uh, you know, or how do you end one? And that's and that's troubling, right? It's exactly. Hard to so, come to a conclusion. Yeah. Like you can't put him in like Force Ghost jail. You can't kill. I I would imagine my only my only I guess hesitation on the fact that it could be a Force Ghost is so they always say that you have to become one with the force mm. in order to become a yeah, we've force not, ghost. We've not yet seen an evil force ghost. And I'm wondering if the Sith have it in their because they are so focused on their their passion and their anger and their emotions mm-hmm. and their and all of that. Yeah. I would imagine you would have to give that up to become one with the force because the force is about balance. Yeah. And so I don't know if that's possible. Right. I'm not saying it isn't, but based on what we know, that might be problematic in terms of becoming a Force ghost as a Sith. I will say that I feel like the series has been tilting towards the idea that uh, maybe it's not that the Sith are bad morally so much as that the balance between the dark and the light is really what's to be desired, which would be more of a sort of Buddhist Philosophy as opposed to like a uh, Judeo-Christian philosophy. I agree that that's where it's heading, and that's a lot of what Luke's character was in Episode Eight. Uh huh. But I still think I I think the Sith are bad. I don't think Dark Side users, quote unquote, have to be bad. Mm-hmm. I would point to like Dooku before he becomes Sith or, or uh, Palpatine's apprentice, whereas. He apparently had some of these dark side powers, but wasn't necessarily like morally corrupt. Mm-hmm. I think it's possible to maybe use the quote unquote dark side, but to become an actual Sith, it's showing the same level of devotion to the dark side as the Jedi do to the light. Yeah, and so I think in order to get that far, there does have to be some sort of moral corruption. Yeah, but 
to be a dark side user in general, not necessarily. I, I will Just say... Just like you can be a light side force user without being a Jedi, yeah. I think you could be a dark side user without being a Sith, and I don't think there's necessarily a... Between the dark and the light, I don't know that there's a moral obligation on either side, but once you get to the extremes where you're either a Sith or a Jedi, I think there is. Yeah. I will say that if that's kind of where we end up, is just that, like, Rey and, and Kylo Ren are friends now, and they go fight crime together or something. I For me, I think that's going to be a pretty unsatisfying ending. They would have to do it in a... In, I mean, it would take a miracle to pull that off. Yeah, yeah. Now, I think... There is a version in which you can say, you know, the force is about balance and the search for power on either side is... Is unhealthy. Is the corrupting moral factor. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if you can just, like, walk away with everybody singing Kumbaya and make it (laughs) s'mores, you know? It's like Ray and Ren's school for uh, force kids, you know? Yeah. The the little kid with the broom from the last episode. Hashtag stay woke woke force users. (laughs) Um, yeah, not. It, I don't think that'd be for me. I, I, yeah, I think that would be a tough sell, and I don't think JJ. Would yeah, I don't do that know too, that so. JJ. That maybe was where Ryan Johnson was heading, but I, I would. I think a, I think a conclusion that in that focuses on the balance of the force is compelling, but you'd have to do it right. I think, honestly, that's more compelling to me at this point than. If there's just like, oh, the light won again because we've seen that a couple times now. And it's like, well, yeah, but there's still going to be problems, obviously, because yeah. there always is. Um, but so you you lean towards Force Ghost for Palpatine? Yeah, that's that's been my thought. I, that's been my assumption, I would say. That seems fair. I, just, I think it would be, and again, no spo- spoilers here for... The Mandalorian. We'll get to more Mandalorian later, but the cloning aspect. I feel like there is some connection to Episode Nine in some way. Well, and we know that cloning exists in. The we know it exists, years. but it because of what's happening in the Mandalorian and the release schedule, where instead of coming out on its normal Friday, it comes out on the Wednesday before Ooh, the episode is released, and then the final episode of The Mandalorian is the following week. So you're saying i got to get caught up then? Yes. I feel like there is a connection between The Mandalorian and Episode Nine. Mm. Otherwise, the timing seems way too coincidental. Yeah. And The Mandalorian is leading me to believe that that connection might be cloning of some sort. So I don't know if that's Palpatine. I don't know if it's somebody else in the universe. Yeah. Um, there's a theory out there that Ray might be a clone or somehow. Um, I don't really understand. I don't know who that would have been of or I mean, there's whatever, a, that but, scene in the trailer where she's in the dark robe or whatever. So, so, yeah. If that's her. So, there's definitely, I think, from my guess is that cloning has a factor in this movie in some way or another. Hmm. But I don't know if that's Palpatine or not. Hmm. Anyway, uh, that was all I wanted to get to uh, for Return of the Jedi. Anything else you had before we peace out? Um, I, I've been reading the crawls a little bit more carefully at the beginning, and uh, something that stood out to me was that they're explaining that uh, Luke is on Tatooine to rescue Solo from Jabba, uh, and, then, and then it says, little does Luke know, and it's talking about them building the new Death Star, but 
it reminded me of uh, the the line. Little did, did does he know uh, from Stranger Than Fiction, which is one of my favorite movies, and so uh, it just popped out uh, way off the screen for me, and I I enjoyed that. Yeah, that's uh, Stranger Than Fiction. If you haven't seen it, is the least Will Ferrell Will Ferrell movie ever made, and probably his best movie in my opinion, just as a quality of an actual movie. Um, it's like good. when Jim Carrey goes Truman Show, and it's like yeah, except for it's it's I think it's way better. Than oh, it's, that. oh, it's definitely better. But um, anyway, so that, that is uh, Return of the Jedi. We will be back on next Wednesday for The Force Awakens, and the end is in sight. We are just two more episodes away from the Rise of Skywalker, which we will. We're going to see on Thursday the 19th, uh, so that's basically as soon as you can humanly see it, we're going to go see it, and then we'll try and get that out to you um, that following Wednesday, so there shouldn't be a gap in recording at all. Um, and then we'll probably get to The Mandalorian the following week after that, uh, because that'll be... That's when the that following week is when the series or season finale will show of the Mandalorian. So that is the plan for the rest of your Star Wars Wednesdays. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review to Heavy Lifting with Ravi Lula. Go on Facebook, Heavy Lifting with Ravi Lula, on Instagram and Twitter at RA Lula. And uh, you can always find us on the website, RavilulaRadio.com. Raj, may the force be with you. May the force be with you.